You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Filter Free Podcast. I am your host, TJ Stevens. Well, problematic. Out of my left earbud. Getting off to a banging start here. Yeah. Joining me as always. Step hens. Dollar Bill Day. Yeah. I touch myself. I, I just need to clip that. Just Dave. <laughs> I touch myself. And Timmy C. <laughs> goo, goo, goo. Dave's is awesome. And he got a new hat and it's hilarious. <laughs> Are you drunk? Yes or no? And it's marked on the right-hand side for both. Time moment draws. Get my panties wet. I love it. We've covered this butt wipe on a few different occasions. Butt wipe? You don't call people butt wipe anymore? No. I'm not I'm not seven. Good news is I've limited the producer's amount to screw us over this, so we're actually gonna get to sing along with the songs now. You are welcome. Hello and welcome to the Filter Free Podcast. I'm Dollar Bill Dave, along with America's number one knockhead, Timmy C. Step Hens. No, you're no, he's not here. Where where is he? Step Hens is on hiatus taking care of his lovely bride. So we will be having special guests along the way. T's and P's, Jamie. Our host this week from the Pondwater Dave show. Our Amy. friend. Pond Water Day. Oh, hello, hello. Why couldn't we get the good one? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Please remember to rate and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, make sure you check out our friends at the Pond Water Dave show as well. Also, follow the show on X at FF Popcast, on Instagram at Filter Free Popcast, and you can even follow our network. On X at Filter Free Net. That just sounded stupid. It's, it's not still Twitter. Twitter. It's, it's, it's Twitter. To hell with X. X can suck my Y. I'm going to tell you my problem with X is that when I need to close a window, I'm, I click their logo instead of the X on the right. I click the X on the left. And it's <laughs> pissing me off. Too many X's. <laughs> stupid name. But if you go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash filter free, you will find our shows like Legends Let's Rethink This, Footballers Getting Paid with Tim and Dave, which, um, Dave, we we really need to start turning those out again. Uh, we can do one early tomorrow morning if you'd like. I got to work. I have a job. No. I don't get off weekends. We can do next one. Week. We next, can do we'll do one. it. We'll do a double episode next week. We'll double do one college, one college, and then one NFL. All right, I'm in. All right. Evolution of Evil. Wrestling with commercials, which is going to have two new installments coming up, plus our list of events for 2024, starting with the Royal Rumble in Tampa. Can't wait for that. Fun director, you're on that. Also, check out our friends over at the Premier Streaming Network that has shows such as Everybody's Got a Pod with Ted DiBiase, One of a Kind RVD, Offer Chops with Jesse McKay and Cassie Lee. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> so hot. I ref. I ref B with our friend Efren. So says Chernoff and about 27 other shows with Josh Chernoff. Bumming with Bobcat, our friend Bumwine Bob. More shows than you can shake a stick at. Trust me, I've tried. So head on over to watchonpremiere.com. They've got so much wrestling content. It's amazing. Not just pods. You get StarCast. You got collections of MJF. So much. Love it. Glad to be a part of it. Well, this week, we're going back to... November 25th, 1989, as we relive USWA Wrestling. However, before we get to the show, let's see what's happening in your world yesterday. Let's run through some events filter-free. Up first... Stories that missed the cut. November 1st, Les Miserables. Ah, November 1st, <laughs> Les Miserables opened at the Curran Theater in San Francisco. Never seen it. Um, I, I, I do enjoy the first one. Les Miserables. The Miserable is what it means. Yeah, well, I didn't even see the movie, so. Nope. Never seen it. Ain't November seen the movie, 3rd. seen the play. Yeah, it's, it didn't look like it. I mean, I didn't see anything exploding. I didn't see anybody laughing. I didn't see a superhero. It wasn't for me. Um, November 3rd, NBA expen- expansion. Minnesota Timberwolves make their debut, losing 106 to 94 against the Seattle Supersonics. That's better. I did better on the score this week. Last week, it was uh, they opened their new. Uh, it was 190 something. I wrote the not. I wrote the. I wrote the score as 199 to 96. I was like, I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Highest scoring game in history. Wow. November fourth, the first NBA game at the Orlando Arena sees the Orlando Magic lose to the New Jersey Nets 111-106. Now was this was Shaq? No, Shaq was in 92. 92. 91 92. That's the first thing I think of with the the Orlando is Shaq. 92, yeah. Yeah. Who who was their like leading pick in the expansion draft? I wonder. Scott Skiles. It was like Detlef Shrimp. (laughs) Hey, don't, don't, Detlef Detlef Shrimp was a hell of a player. Hey, he played for the He really stepped up when Mark McGuire lost his mind for Dallas. November 5th, Cleveland. Mark McGuire? He played basketball? Mark, Mark, Mark Aguirre. Aguirre. Mark oh. Aguirre. A starts with an A for the Dallas You're Mavericks. <laughs> uh, November 5th, Cleveland Browns quarterback and Dallas Cowboy great backup, Bernie Kosar, sets a franchise record with 16 consecutive pass completions. And Taylor Swift best friend. Did you see them sitting together in the pass in completions? Man, that's Kelsey a low bar, isn't it? That's it's trash. the Browns. It's what a trash Browns. franchise. Only yeah. better than the Bengals. Shut up. November 6th, U.S. Marshals and the FCC sees Pirate Radio Station WJPL in Brooklyn. Was that Jimmy Buffett's station? Is a pirate radio station? <laughs> November 7th, Baltimore Orioles Greg Olson 
is the first ever relief pitcher to win American League Rookie of the Year. Not a bad tight end either. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Carolina Panthers legend. Mildly annoying on the Fox broadcast. But he's got great hair. And I should know. I'm an expert on great hair. Mm, Yeah. November 7th, New York elects the first ever African-American mayor in David Dinkins. Why do I know that name? I feel like I feel like there was some backstory there that I need to look up. I don't know. We should have put him. We should have put him in the wheelhouse. I feel like. Isn't Dave, David Dinkins legally blind? I hope not, because <laughs> I'll feel real bad if I'm like accusing <laughs> accusing him of snorting coke and he's blind. No. <laughs> of course, I'm sure Stevie Wonder snorted coke in his day, and I know he's blind. Well, we know Ray Charles did. Oh, lots of it. <laughs> November 12th, Brazil holds its first free presidential election in 29 years. You had to pay to vote before that? Yeah, it was $4 and 12 pesos. (laughs) (laughs) November 19th, world-renowned Major League prick and NASCAR driver Rusty Wallace wins his 39th NASCAR Sprint Cup race. I'm gonna wins. need. I'm gonna need well, that wins. story. Why? Why is he a major league prick? He wins the 39th NASCAR Sprint Cup. He oh, doesn't win his cup. 39th race. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't a Sprint Cup then either. It was like the Winston. It was the Winston Cup, cup when he Winston won it. Cup. But so what's, what, why is he an asshole? He's just a prick. Huh? When I became a NASCAR fan, I became a NASCAR fan because I got tickets from Budweiser, and. I wanted to be the I wanted to root for the Miller car because my last name's Miller. So I had me a Miller, I had the Miller light jacket, and I'm I'm you know checking it out. And then I mean I only had listened to like two interviews with Rusty, and like this guy's a prick. Wasn't he I'm MGD? J- he wasn't Miller Light, he was MGD. That was his car. He ended up with Miller Light, though. I mean, he yeah. did them all. Anyway, November 26th, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders defeat the Hamilton Tiger Cats 43 to 40 on a last second field goal. For the CFL Grey Cup, I'm in on this one. Three that and it, I'd like to see that. I've never I love, watched. I, I love me some rough riding. So, what's his name? <laughs> no, I that was last Timmy's week. brand of choice. That was last week with Efren. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stories in the wheelhouse, November third, Tampa Ray Devil Rays great. Lou Pinella is named the manager of the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, replacing, boy. Replacing Pete Rose, who is banned for life for gambling on major league baseball games. Which is stupid because now the Cincinnati Reds ballpark has a gambling station. Yeah. It's, that's, why they're, that's why their Hall of Fame will be forever bogus. Tommy Helms got the nod in the Cincinnati in Cincinnati to manage the Reds for the final 37 games of the 1989 season after the firing of player manager Pete Rose, but could only muster up a 16 and 21 record. Terrible. After getting his release from the New York Yankees to move on, Pinella signed a three-year deal with Cincinnati worth $350,000 per year. Got him on the cheap. Making an immediate splash, Pinella and the Reds would also go on to win the 1990 World Series over the defending champions, the Oakland A's. Oakland finished 122 games ahead of Cincinnati during the regular season. I don't think so. No. 122 games ahead of them. 12. It's 12 games. <laughs> <laughs> the Reds got in. 
The Reds got into the World Series winning only four I that season games. The math ain't mathing on that. <laughs> no, There's 12 games ahead of Cincinnati during the regular season. <laughs> and the Reds swept the A's in the World Series with a massive shock to the sports community. And that's good because the Oakland A's were the first Major League Baseball team that, that drew my hatred. The Bash Brothers. No, they um they took Dave Stewart from the Rangers. No, I love Dave Stewart. He was good. I loved him until he became an Oakland A. Although Pinella signed a three-year contract with the Reds totaling over $1 million, the honeymoon would not last long. In 1991, the Reds finished under 500. However, the most noted moment of the season was Pinella going berserk during a game in August. Umpire Gary Darling overturned a call that cost the Reds a home run. And after the game, Pinella accused Darlin of being biased against the Reds. He was. Two months later, Darling and the Major League Umpires Association sued for defamation to the tune of $5 million against Pinella. Which ain't good when you're making a million every three years. Mm-mm. When Pinella asked Reds owner Marge Schott for help, she did not budge on helping with paying for a lawyer, which Pinella then had to do out of his own pocket. Renowned Nazi Marge Schott. Yeah. Yeah, that's not surprising that she didn't and, know. And and St. Bernard shitter on second base, Schottsy. Pinella not receiving any backing from the Reds organization played a key part in him not resigning with the Reds in 92 and moving on to manage the Mariners in Seattle. The bum-ass Reds franchise has only won one postseason series since the departure of Pinella. That's true. First off, fuck you, Dave. Do I? Not you, other oh. Dave. <laughs> I got two Daves here. I was like, what did I do? I <laughs> the, Reds World, the Reds World Series win was the only time one of his teams made the World Series. So I guess they didn't look back that bad. But what I remember about Lou growing up as a Reds fan was him tossing second base into the outfield while arguing with an umpire. Or perhaps the fight he had with Rob Dibble in the locker room telling him, you don't want to be treated like a man, which is scary because Rob Dibble is one huge son of a bitch. I would not have yelled at him, Man. but Lou was fiery. Yeah, I've, I always liked the Reds because of Pete Rose. I'm a huge Pete Rose fan. Well, I've got a I actually own a Pete Rose autographed baseball. It's an official too. ball. And the stamp on the ball is a Bartlett Giamatti. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> How about that? I got a photo with Pete from uh, when I went to uh, Double or Nothing in Las Vegas. They were having a sports card show right outside uh, the MGM Grand, and I went in and got my picture taken with Pete and got an autograph. I saw Pete Rose get beat up at WrestleMania right by Kane. It's right here, in fact. I, I'm nice. not hitting it, but it's him head first lighting. November 9th, Germans... Hey, hey, I'm not done yet! I'm not done yet! <laughs> I apologize. Continue. 1990 would definitely stand out as a great year for the... For, never mind, just go on. Go ahead. <laughs> Tampa Bay Devil Rays legend, Lou Pinella. What? A, he works for the Reds still. He's like 100. He ended up going back to the Reds? Yeah, he's a consultant since 2016. Oh. November 9th, Germans began demolishing the Berlin Wall. The Berlin Wall was guarded was a guarded concrete barrier that encircled West Berlin of the Federal Republic of Germany from 1961 
until here in 1989, separating it from East Berlin and the German Democratic Republic. With the closing of the East-West sector boundary in Berlin, the vast majority of East Germans could no longer travel or immigrate to West Germany. Berlin soon went from being the easiest place to make an unauthorized crossing between East and West Germany to being the most difficult. I got a friend that was actually stationed in Germany when the wall came down. Got to learn to climb. He <laughs> said it was one hell of a party. And he's actually got a piece of the wall. Nice. I'd like that. In the years between 1949 and 1961, about 2.5 million East Germans had fled from East to West Germany, including steadily rising numbers of skilled workers, professionals, and intellectuals. Their loss threatened to destroy the economic viability of the East German state. The response? Build a barrier and force them to stay in East Germany. In total, about 5,000 East Germans managed to cross the Berlin Wall through various means and reach West Berlin safely. Another roughly 5,000 were captured, and at least 91 people were killed attempting to get over, under, or around the wall. All right, I've heard, I've heard of building walls to keep people out. Not one to keep people in. That's, that's weird. It's like Way a to go. jail. Way to go, Germany. Good job. The Actually, Soviet it was uh, it was the Soviet pretty much Soviet Union owned that part I, I, after the war. Can, that's why the East. Can Germans, I keep going? Yeah, well, you said good job, Germany. Well, the, well I mean, East they Germany. obviously had something to do with it. And then what? Seemed like I always remembered the East German women's Olympic team looked like China year one. Oh, they had more armpit hair than I got. So, <laughs> looked like Jim Carrey on in Living Color. <laughs> Yes. Hans and Franz. The Soviet bloc propaganda portrayed the wall as protecting its population from the, quote, fascist elements conspiring to prevent the will of the people from building a communist state in the GDR. Which is hilarious because it's what, German Democratic Republic? Yeah. Yeah. Everything democratic about the uh, communist regime. In 1989, a series of revolutions in near, nearby Eastern Bloc countries, in Poland and Hungary in particular, caused a chain reaction in East Germany. After several weeks of unrest, the East German government announced on November 9, 1989, that all GDR citizens could visit the west side of Berlin. Crowds of East Germans, yes, west side. Crowds of East Germans crossed and climbed onto the wall, joined by West Germans on the other side in a celebratory atmosphere. The Brandenburg Gate, a few meters from the Berlin Wall, was opened on December 22nd, 1989. The demolition of the wall officially began June 13th, 1990, and was completed in 1994. Also in 1990, that's when Germany reunited. I don't know why it took them four years to tear it down, though. They, they need better bulldozers. November 10th. Taryn Egerton, Welsh actor and singer, born in Birkenhead, England. Egerton's parents were divorced when he was two, and he subsequent, subsequently moved with his mother to the Welsh island of Anglesey. Angelus. Ah. Words are hard, y'all. We, do, we don't talk about her on this podcast anymore. 
Angle. Oh. <laughs> it's Anglesey. Anglesey, where he went to primary school. His family had been ro- relocated when he was 12, and he first stated that he had became very lonely due to losing his childhood friends. Ergerton began acting at the age of 15, which he later explained was as much about trying to be social and make friends as it was in interest in acting. Ergerton I can relate gained- to that. I got, yeah. in drama. I got in drama because of the girls that were in there. There you go. There was one I wanted to date, so I went out for the drama. It's funny, I got into girls because they're dramatic. So That too. Egerton gained recognition for his starring role as spy recruit Eggsy Unwin in the action comedy film Kingsman, The Secret Service, and its sequel, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Egerton has also starred in several biographical films portraying military officer Edward Britton in the drama Testament of Youth, the, titul- the titular ski jumper. Any what? The what? Titular. Titular. <laughs> titular. Ski jumper in the sports film Eddie the Eagle and singer Elton John in the musical Rocket Man. For Rocket Man, Egerton won a Golden Globe Award for Best Actor. He learned to play the piano for the part and sang live in each take during the filming, earning critical praise for his performance. Titular. Well, first off, you're pronouncing it wrong. And second off, I. I don't know where you guys got your info. Tehran enrolled at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, where he played for the UAPB Golden Lions football team from 2009 to 2012. He was an all-Southwestern Athletic Conference or SWAC selection during his final three seasons at Arkansas at Pine Bluff. At the 2013 NFL Combine, he ran a 4.71 second 40-yard dash, which Dave could never do. It's the fastest 40-yard dash time of any offensive lineman at the Combine since it first began in 1982. Spoff T. He was selected in the, which is weird. Yeah, he's British. Where did he learn football? He was selected in the third round, 75th overall of the 2013 NFL Draft by the New Orleans Saints. On March 22nd, 2022, the Miami Dolphins signed him to a five-year, $75 million deal worth up to $87.5 million with $43.37 million in guaranteed money. It's weird that he was born in 1989. Toronto Armstead is a great anchor. I don't remember him listening to Elton John, though. Wrong guy, dummy. Who? <laughs> This is a story that should have missed the missed the cut. Ah, he's a great actor. What are you talking about? Whatever. Rocket Man! Was he in that? He what? was Rocket. He was Elton John. He was wow. Rocket. He was Rocket Man. Oh, that's incredible. I, I loved him in the Kingsman. The yeah. Kingsman movies are... are Never seen any of them. And in oh, the, dude, rock, the new Rocket But I love Teron Armstead every Sunday. You would. November 15th, Tim Burton's Batman film is released on videotape. Starring Jack Nicholson as the Joker and Michael Keaton as Batman, Burton's superhero film was a huge hit with audiences and grossed an astonishing $411.6 million at the box office. Parallel to the casting of Superman, a variety of Hollywood A-listers were considered for the role of Batman, including Mel Gibson, Kevin Costner, Charlie Sheen, Tom Selleck, <laughs> Bill Murray, Tiger's Harrison blood. Ford, and Dennis Quaid. Could you imagine Charlie Sheen or Bill Murray as Batman? No. I've got one better here in just a second. But fair enough. But in all fairness, I didn't picture Michael Keaton, Mr. Mom, as Batman, and it worked. Beetlejuice. So. Multiplicity. She does my peppy, Steve. 
<laughs> I'm Batman. Burton was pressured by Warner Brothers to cast an obvious action movie star, but Burton originally wanted William Defoe, but ultimately went with Keaton after having worked with him on Beetlejuice. Nicholson was the studio's choice for the Joker and got top billing. And reports have stated that Nicholson received as much as $90 million for his role in that film. That's a big damn deal in 89 when that came out. I remember going to the Midnight movie. Well, he backloaded his contract. He said, yeah, he backloaded his I want contract. so much up front, but I want to cut off the top. 90 million. Genius. I think I, I, I read that it like translated to something stupid like 416 million now. Oh, yeah. And he had to be, do. and he he was lead on it. So they had to say his name first Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. But I mean, truthfully, Jack Nicholson made the movie. Yeah. He was great. Uh, actually, he, in my mind, Kim Basinger made the movie. But oh, Vicky Vale. Yeah. Wanna rock that? Wanna bust that body? I want I bust something on that body. Again. Right, right in her belly button. <laughs> Batman was criticized by some for being too dark, but nonetheless received generally positive responses from critics. On review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes, Batman holds an approval rating of 76% based on 138 reviews with an average score of 7 out of 10. The website's Seems critical. Low. The website's critical consensus reads an eerie haunting spectacle. Batman succeeds as dark entertainment, even if Jack Nicholson's Joker too too often overshadows overshadows the title character. Overshadows 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 the title character. Despite initial negative reactions from comic fans prior to the film's release, Keaton's portrayal of Batman was generally praised. Roger Ebert was highly impressed with the production design, but claimed. Batman is a triumph of design over story, style over substance, a great-looking movie with a plot you can't care much about. I can't argue with that one. I mean, I the, plot, have, the plot wasn't great, but the actors made it. Um, I actually saw the... I actually have a copy of the first draft of the script for Batman Returns. And had they used that script... Instead of what they went with, with the with, and it, I mean, the penguin was in it, but the penguin wasn't. It was portrayed a lot different. He was more like the the businessman penguin. I think uh-huh. the Batman Returns would have even been better than what it was. Well, I, interesting, which I'm getting ready to get into some fun facts here, but one that I read, uh, Keaton was dating Michelle Pfeiffer at the time of the release of this film, and they wanted her to play Vicky Vale, but she didn't. But she did end up playing uh, Catwoman in the second one. They were not dating it when that was filmed. <laughs> <laughs> that bit him in the ass. <sighs> I wish she'd bite me. Never mind. Fun facts. Sorry, Dave, number one. You're wrong. Robin Williams was offered the role of the Joker when Jack Nicholson hesitated. He even accepted the role when producers approached Nicholson again and told him Williams would take the part if he did not. Nicholson took the role and Williams was released. I think I would have rather seen Rob Williams do it on cocaine. He'd have made a better. He'd have made a better Riddler. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. I I love Robin Williams. I'd I'd watch him as the Penguin, the Riddler. I don't give a shit. He would have pulled it off. He definitely would have pulled it off. 
Jack Nicholson loved his performance in this film so much that at one point he was watching the film once a week at his house. Slightly self-obsessed, maybe. Just saying. Hey, I do that. Ever I do that all the, the time for Claire's last match, moonlight? so I can't throw rocks. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> The Batmobile was built on the chassis of a Chevy Impala and incorporated the engine of an Impala, the taillights of a Ferrari, the fuel cap of a London bus, which is weird, and jet engine parts from a Harrier jump jet. The sliding cockpit was also inspired by the Harrier and the slim windows of the gun, gun emplacement. Art director Terry Ackland Snow added the headlights of a Honda Civic to the vehicle after noticing them on his wife's car. That sounds like a Frankenstein's monster of a car. <laughs> I think this Batmobile is the best Batmobile of all the movies. No. Yes. Incorrect. The The Dark Knight Rises Batmobile is the best Batmobile. No, this one is. You're stupid. I've seen it. Uh, who owns it? Jerry Lawler owns a Batmobile. He owns the 1966 television series Batmobile, which is the greatest Batmobile of all. Yeah, Not I might buy even that close. It, it's you know who else like, owns one? Like a Pontiac. Uh, Doug Doug Flutie owns a 1966 Batmobile. <clears throat> too bad he has to have a booster seat and to see there, over the windshield. There was a company that was that was producing them in North Carolina, and they were like 185 thousand dollars. I buy two of them. I want a DeLorean. Have you seen the new ones? No. DeLorean? They're back. Two hundred and two hundred and fifty thousand? Are they still stainless steel? The yes. Conrad Conrad's probably got one on layaway. <laughs> on layaway. He's probably got three. <laughs> He's probably got three of them that he paid cash for. Shut up. But no, the you can Google it. They just um they showed them and you can you can um you can pick whatever color you want for the trim on the inside of the car, but it's the Oh, I was going to say, if you if you pick anything other than silver mm. on the outside, I'm going to come punch you in your titty. But they have yeah. a, uh, they, they have a, uh, the instrumentation, it's a screen now, but the, it looks like the old instrumentation. Is there a flux capacitor in it? I don't think so. Not <laughs> interested. For its first video release, the film was graded, graded slightly lighter, which means they made it lighter as cinema audiences had complained that it was filmed so dark they could hardly see what was going on they're full of shit i saw it in the theater it was a great movie at the time it wasn't too dark now, by the way all the, the theaters dark. are dark yeah so um dave one i know that you're like you're not always around here but when we finish these stories means it's my turn. That means it's my turn. Mm. Let's go to Timmy's Trivioki. Figaro. Figaro, 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 Figaro. That's not Tosca. Ugh, my ears. My neck. My back. Yep, yeah, I remember. Everyone remembers when Elvis performed that. Uh, all right good news for you dave one i've specially curated this list 
for you. Because I know in 1989, you were rocking out. So, Oh, shit. Song number one, clue number one. This is a song by American heavy metal band Motley Crue. It was released as the lead single from their fifth studio album of the same name. Motley Crue. The song Motley Crue. (laughs) Clue number two, released in 1989 as the album's first single. This became Motley Crue's first American top 10 hit, peaking at number six on the Billboard Hot 100 on October 28th, 1989. Girls, girls, girls. That's also not a Motley Crue album. Clue number three. This is what's going to give it to you, Dave. This song is about a cocaine dealer. Ricky Henderson? Not a cocaine doer. Oh. Stage. This is Tabitha. <laughs> By the way, her name Tabitha, is Tabby. Uh, we'll get back to that in just a second here, though. Song number two, clue number one. This is a power ballad by American glam metal band Warrant. It was released in July of 1989 as the second single from Warrant's debut album, Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinking Rich. Hmm. Dave, you're so disappointing me, man. Hey, I'm not a big warrant guy. Clue number two, the music video starred Scottish model Tracy Allen. It was filmed during a live concert at Sandstone Amphitheater in Kansas City, Kansas, and other locations around Kansas City metro area, as well as New York City. Clue number three, I remember it from the Power Ballads commercial of the compilation album they used to have. Compilation. Memories are great, but man, they're coming back. I don't need to be the king of the world. (laughs) Got nothing. Never heard of this one before. Never heard it. Glory. I remember it now. Listen to this note. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, that song is trash. All right. This next song, you'll both get it off. Clue number one. Song number three, clue number one. This is a song by the American New Wave band B-52s from their fifth studio. Love Shack. Love Shack. Shaq. 
Love Shack, baby, Love Shack. You Who guys, love? Who you love guys Shaq? got the most bubblegum ass song and missed all of the cool songs. I got what? it. Dude, I was listening to country music in, in 1989. There is none on the Hot 100. I looked. Because I'm a country guy. Timmy C. What? Hit the clip. Oh, it's time for Dave's Faith. Have you seen it? You slipper the hot beef injection. Oh, Anna Kendrick. Y'all know who's a better football player than Clay Matthews? Lots of people. Former WCW World Heavyweight Champion and Florida State Seminole legend, Ron Simmons. Yeah. I believe that. But does Ron Simmons have T-tops on his Camaro and a python? Yeah. You want to see his python? Oh, no. Gross. All right, we're back. Week two, Dave's Faves. Our guest hosts are leading three to one over Tiny Tim. Four movies this week, like always. Movie number one. Our first movie this week grossed more than $332.5 million at the box office on a budget of $40 million. Pretty good. This is an American science fiction film. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. After visiting 2015, Marty McFly. Back to the Future 2. Timmy C. Back to the Future Part 2. Look at you go. I wouldn't have guessed two. He goes to 2015. Where the Miami Gators beat the Cubs in the World Series. All right, here we go. Movie number B. With a budget of $13 million, our second movie this week grossed more than $27.1 million at the box office. No holds barred. This is an animated musical fantasy comedy drama. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? A canine angel, Charlie, sneaks back All to dogs go to heaven. heaven. Pond Water Dave! <laughs> Still pretty sure I won that. No, no. Ty goes to the guest host, bitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. This is getting tough now. That's why you, that's also, if you're going to have premarital sex, you always do it doggy style because all dogs go to heaven. That's right. <laughs> or you put it in her butt. <laughs> then you don't have to worry about pregnancy. This is true. On a budget of $5 million. Movie number C raked in a staggering 1.7 million no at the box office. Movie number C. Other way, that one. That one. Well, it's backwards for me, but yeah. yeah. Movie number C is an American martial arts film. A team from the United States is That's going to compete. 
is going to compete against Korea. Best of the best. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, there's no way best of the best made less than. Okay, maybe it did. Maybe it made nothing. (laughs) Wait till next week. I have a movie that didn't even make a million dollars. (laughs) Made eight dollars. Three people sat in a theater and watched it. All right. Pondwater, you got to step up here. This one's a little tougher. Our last movie of the week. On a budget of $30 million, our last movie this week grossed more than $95 million at the box office. Our last movie this week is an American crime comedy drama. Dark Man. During the 1930s, a New York City illegal gambling house owner and its associates must deal with strong competition Gangsters and corrupt cops in order to stay in business. Johnny Dangerously? This, this film stars Eddie Murphy and Richard Beverly Pryor. Hills Cop 2. No, no. Harlem, 48 uh, Harlem hours. Nights. Pondwater Dave, Harlem Nights. Look at oh, you I love go. That Harlem Nights is awesome. <laughs> oh, you're going to shoot me on the... You're you're shoot, me shoot me in the foot. foot. <laughs> <laughs> Our total now is guest host five, Timmy C three. Catching up. Catching up. Oh, you're still down two, stupid. I'm catching up, bitch. <laughs> USWA Wrestling, November 25th, 1989. We open with a recap of Billy Joe Travis handcuffing gentleman Chris Adams to the ropes and spanking Chris's wife, Tony Adams. I'd like to spank her. She wore a thong and the picture was blurred, but I don't believe it was blurred originally when this aired because I was a huge fan of Tony Adams at the time. And her, and her thong. I was, a, I was a big fan of her thong. I mean, let's face it, this is 1989 in the Bible Belt. We did not see a lot of bare cheeks. Spanked revision. Unless Ric Flair was in town. <laughs> and you didn't want to see those. Mark Lawrence welcomes us to the USWA, and then we went to a commercial. Of course. So we start the show getting highlights from the previous week of Tony Adams getting her ass spanked in the middle of the ring. I'm in. She was hot. She was hot. I think she was I, a model. I think she was I, a legit model. I love the blur on the TV blocking her butt cheeks. Love it. Who's this Hill announcer guy? Him telling Travis to spank her harder was comedic gold. That's um Terrence Ter- Terry Garvin. He was at that time he was Terrence Garvin. He'd come out of a tag team Beauty and the Beast. He was a very flamboyant. Uh, he was kind of like. Uh, uh, who was the guy we watched in ECW? Uh, still around. Joel Gertner? Yeah, it's kind of like Gertner. Yeah, but Ter- Terrence Garvin was more like Liberace. Oh. I mean, well, he'll actually... So I think, was Gertner at that point. He was shirtless with a bow tie. But, I mean, Garvin had a, ca- a candelabra on the on the desk down there with Mark Lawrence. So he's Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> We're we're three minutes into this, and this is already way better than USWA in Memphis. If you don't know, this show was in the Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas. 
Love my, that's to me still my favorite building to ever watch wrestling in. So I hadn't uh, heard of most of these guys, so I started doing some digging. Apparently, this Billy Joe Travis guy suffered from a lot of drug problems. And, and hair not problems. And not only affected his personal life, but his professional one as well. He gained notoriety in 1997 while working in the USWA in Memphis, where he was arrested when his ex-wife was reportedly seeking overdue child support payments and had tipped off the Memphis police that Travis would be on location for Saturday tapings at the WMC TV studios. Police took the tip seriously and were actually on scene when Travis arrived. Jerry Lawler, who was booking Memphis at the time, turned the arrest into a storyline. <laughs> what a carny. <laughs> right? <laughs> and all right, so her name's Tony. Why are they pixelating her ass? Dave, what, that, kind of, what kind of Texas bullshit is this? Well, no ass pixelation. I don't think... I don't think that it was pixelated in the Dallas market. Guaranteed Bible Belt. They pixelated. But well, I'm telling you, I remember seeing her bare ass when that dress. This is why Memphis is better, because in the Memphis market, they were like showing her butthole and stuff. So (laughs) So I'm just saying I don't think that was pixelated, but it really surprises me because this is the Las Vegas. This is this is the Las Vegas. Yeah, you could see show. more than that just walking down the damn street in Las Vegas. Trust me. Right. Well, guys, commercial time. Yeah. Ever play tic-tac-toe for prizes? Yeah. Now you can win fabulous prizes playing telephone tic-tac-toe. This one nerd won what? a big screen TV. Another couple oh. won a cruise. One nine hundred nine 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 thousand. Call now and win ninety five cents per minute. All right. So telephone tic tac toe sounds terrible because I'm gonna get drunk and call it and forget where I've put my X's and O's. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how slow they make because it's trivia. So you, if you get the question right, you get the you know put number one. Oh, you one know it. Where, it's automated. If oh, you know it's slow. Yet, if Wink Martindale ain't hosting it, I ain't interested. <laughs> Commercial number two, Micro Machine Man. He talks too fast, so I have no idea what he's saying. Buy the Micro Machine Service City from Galoob. Dude, I used to have a shit ton of Micro Machines back in the day. That dude, Dave, his that name dude was, was doing all kinds of commercials in 1989. His name is John Mashita. Wasn't Galoob, wasn't that the uh, WCW wrestlers were made by Galoob? Yes, I believe they were. Yes, so sir. was um, oh, what was the the car? There was a car cartoon that had a big mountain because I had the toy. It had the big mountain that had the rock on top. The rock would fall. It was a car cartoon. Yeah, maybe maybe GoBots. I, mean, I never watched GoBots. Well, they they, they did the Micro Machine. They did the Micro Machine commercial twice. Yeah, yeah micro, micro, machine, micro Machines again. This time, there are Micro Machines that open up, and even smaller Micro Machines are inside them. I bet Micro, these, micro Machines. I bet none of these ever got lost. Remember, if it doesn't say Micro Machine, it's not the real thing. I remember those commercials. Yep. Tetris. Have you been Tetrisized? I've got an interesting story about this Tetris. When Nintendo first released Tetris, it was identical to the stand-up arcade game. 
And I got one. I got one as soon as it came out because I love playing te- Tetris. But then there was a lawsuit, and they had to pull those games. And then they was came it Russia? With, it was fucking Russia, wasn't it? Yeah, Russia. So they came out with a different version movie? that kind of went the same way, but it wasn't identical to the video game at the arcade Tetris. Well, then they switched from Tetris to Doctor Mario. Well, we're gonna come to that in a minute. Fucking commies. <laughs> Have you seen the Tetris movie? What? Yeah, there's a Tetris movie. It's like on how it got made over in Russia and everything. It's supposed oh. to be phenomenal. Mm. I was yeah. like, oh. I thought it meant like a Bond film, but it's no. Tetris. Yeah, I it's, see it's Adam Sandler. Adam shape. Sandler jumping off the squares trying not to get crushed. <laughs> the sequel to the Pac-Man one. That Nintendo introduces Tetris. Now you're playing with power. Jesus, how old is this commercial? Because we just watched this on the 91 show we did. They just kept it running two years? I guess. Nerf. Blast the ball. This game's a blast. Dude, I used to have so many Nerf guns back in the day. Nerf and Super Soaker, I had a gajillion of. Super Soaker. I always liked the Nerf because my hands were small and I could throw them. That's what she said. We come back with a promo by Tojo Yamamoto talking P-Y-Chu-I, and, and it's in Japanese a lot. Pichu! He's just yelling That's in Japanese. His name, his name is Pichu! So, so apparently the greatest wrestler in the United States is Mr. P-Y-Chu-Hai. Pichu! Huh? huh? Pichu! Who was just Phil Hickerson wearing makeup. Yep. Mr. Fuji really let himself go here. I don't know. <laughs> And this guy's promo is basically Toyota, Honda, Farfignugan. What? Oh, that's not Japanese. Okay, whatever. Shut up. Oh, I hated him so bad. He was so annoying. Texas Japanese. The debut of Dustin the Natural Roads. Oh, they call the... him the natural. Well, no, no. That'd been oh. nice. But he came to the ring to Texas when I die. What the actual fuck? That was David Von Erich's theme song. Who okayed that in the Sportatorium? Anyway, quick match with Dustin winning Jer- belly to belly. He went, he went against the dog of war. Oh, man. Um, he won with the belly to belly, and then Gary Young came down the aisle. Um, he was really going off on Dustin Malvin and Akbar was trying to hold him back. And there was a couple security guards out there. And I mean, it was really, he really had a, 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 a bone to pick with Dustin and he wasn't really doing the, the, the heel thing where he was trying to keep his distance or standing at the very back doing it. I mean, it was I like, think he was really mad at him. It just, I mean, it really came off that he he had an issue and he wanted a piece of him. It was really, I thought it was a really good segment. Um, the referee for that match was uh, Tony Falk, who actually wrestled before he became referee, and he was a um, cowboy. To- um, he was boy uh, boy Tony doing a boy George gimmick. We boy talked about Tony. him a couple weeks ago. Boy Tony. Uh, boy Tony. Yeah. Um, Tony Falk was the referee, and then of course we talked about Terrence Garvin was the the heel on commentary. Who's this dog of war guy? I couldn't find anything on him. Nothing. Man, he looked really familiar to me. And I think I what it was is, is it looked like the disciple. I think he looked like uh, Beefcake when he was doing no. Uh, 
Beefcake did the with the leather, and he looked like the dog of war when he did it. Hmm. Let's let's. It is Beefcake. Okay. It's definitely Beefcake. That was all I know is Dustin had the worst entrance music ever. That was a terrible country song. Terrible. Watch it now. I was good. Tell you what, though, young Dustin really had the look and the mannerisms of his daddy. It was a quick squash match. I love those. Those are my favorite. And yeah, apparently Dustin had beef with Gary Young, whoever that is. We'll come back. Gorgeous Gary Young was an incredible, incredible wrestler. We'll come back to Dustin and his daddy here in a little bit. Yeah. Well, that didn't take long. Apparently, Dime Store Rick Rude wasn't impressed by the win. This is Dustin's debut. Why did this guy, why is he so mad? It's his debut. He ain't done shit to him yet. Well, I guess he just resented We're gonna find out. That, we're going to find out that Dime Store Rick Rude's wife was deflowered by Dustin Rhodes here in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We had a Matt Bourne promo saying his suspension is over. And when I when they announced that he was suspended, I thought, you know, he'd done something bad and got suspended. But then he immediately announces that he's coming for Akbar. So Bourne's coming in as a baby. He's coming in as baby face when he makes his return. Look, it's Doink the Clown. I just thought it was weird how much he sounded like Roddy Piper, considering they both started in Oregon. You know what's funny is, is the... From the the picture of the show on YouTube, it was that promo, and I thought it was Roddy Piper. I'm thinking, what is Roddy Piper doing in USWA in '89? Yep, that's legit. Sounded just like him. Crazy. They really did sound a lot alike. (laughs) Back to commercials. Did you know the air inside your house is 16 times dirtier than the air outside? Depends on how much you fart. The new Dust Eater Electrostatic Air Cleaner removes pollen, dust, and smoke with up to 95% efficiency. Apparently, regu- regular air filters are shit. Buy a Dust Eater <laughs> for only $129. In 89 Call- money. Call 876-2665. I looked these up. You can still buy them today for $129.95. It's, wow. the, only, it's the only thing inflation hasn't touched. Is this is the Dust Eater. <laughs> But when I don't think of Las Vegas when I think of smog, I think of Los Angeles. I've been to Las Vegas several times. No smog. No. No. Vegas, well, if the Vegas always really seem to be pretty clean. There seem to be pretty clean there. But apparently, apparently, you don't need an area code to get a dust eater. <laughs> you just get a seven-digit phone number. So just hey, if you need an air filter, eight seven six two six six five. Tell them FFP sent you. But I'm going to tell you that these these commercials have all been national advertising. Uh, There hadn't been any localized promotions. Mm -mm. Normally we get 400 car commercials from. I think that dusty might be a local one. So there was, there was nothing to tell us. There was nothing to tell us what, what city this was. Yeah. This broadcast was in because we still hadn't had any local promotions. And Tony Schiavone had pointed that out watching a, a Memphis episode that that just meant they weren't selling, they weren't selling local. So it was, I guess it wasn't as good to have more national ads. I think pretty sure at this local. point, these guys couldn't give away local. I was really surprised when I realized that they were syndicating this out in Las Vegas. Also, um, 
one thing to remember that if they took if they took world class syndication, this could be airing on a Christian broadcast station in Las Vegas, and that may be why it was blurred out. Tony Adams ass. <laughs> I love that the Christian channel's like, hey, let's buy some wrestling. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Next we have Gary Young and Hot Property, Billy Joe Travis, with Akbar to do a promo. Uh, that was a terrible promo. Yeah. yeah. You said those guys were great wrestlers. They were a horrible promo. We're 12 minutes into this show. I've seen 18 seconds of wrestling. And this goofy blonde fuck can't even strum a guitar. <laughs> no. He can swing it. You yes. know, Jeff, that's who Jeff Jarrett got the guitar, doing guitar shots from. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, he credits Jeff Jarrett has always spoke really highly of Billy Joe Travis. Billy Joe Travis is a hell of a heel. And a hell of a cocaine dealer, too. So. <laughs> Video For your of- local cocaine. Go to Billy Joe Travis. We had a video of Jeff Jarrett being held down by Devastation Incorporated as P.Y. Chuhi beats Jarrett with a, le- with a leather <laughs> strap. And he was laying them in pretty good. And then you see Jarrett kind of turn on his side, like yelling at him to tell him to lighten up a little bit. And then Jarrett started this taking him on hurt. his arm. He wouldn't give him his back. And then, I mean, as the beating went on, you saw that he was getting lighter and lighter with the strap. But Oh, Jarrett was getting the shit whipped out of him. He was wearing his ass out at the beginning. I just looked at him and went, good God, they're killing Jeff Jarrett with a strap. It's weird. So then we're going to go to Jeff Jarrett versus P.Y. because They were showing the beginning to set up the, the, the next match. So we hear Simply Irresistible hit, and here comes Jeff Jarrett. I love that they're still using non-licensed music of uh, and uh, Jared hits the ring and attacks PY with a belt. And PY immediately powders and runs not back towards the back, but he actually runs the other way up the aisles at the sportatorium. And that's when we headed off. Um, that's when they headed, they cut it and went to a commercial. I forgot about Jared coming out to Simply Irresistible. I remember Conrad talking about that on an episode. That is great. That made me laugh. But yeah, this PY Chew High, it's Pewy Chewy. Real name, Phil Hickerson, a white dude playing a Japanese character. You got to love the 80s. Jarrett just starts slapping everyone with a strap. Are there no DQs here? Well, the match hadn't started at that point. I just thought that it was great that Jarrett's opponent was the Mexican restaurant Chewy's. Chewy's. <laughs> We're now 18 minutes of this show, and we've now seen 18 seconds of wrestling. Good job. And then Jeff Jarrett, all he's proven to me in this show is that he can take an ass whooping because he has done it fabulously. Bond. James Bond. Time Life Video announces the James Bond collection. Buy all the James Bond movies. Start with Goldfinger for just $9.99. And if you keep it, you'll receive a new Bond movie each month for just $19.99. There's no minimum to buy. Cancel any time. To order your James Bond video, call 1-800-234-6030. James Bond series, highly underrated, but I also heard in Huntsville, you can get a stinky finger for only $9.99 at the Booby Bungalow. Yeah, <laughs> Bart's Booby Bungalow. Yeah, I like it. 
Nerf Turbo Football. Go long. Real long. I had one of these fuckers as a kid, and it would fly. Yep. Those little footballs. Nerf Turbo Football. You don't throw it. You launch it. Both of you guys definitely had Turbo Footballs just like me. What color? Yes. What color? Mine, mine was pink and black. Mine was pink and black. Yeah. <laughs> mine was orange. I had the horrible Bret Hart Nerf Turbo Football. It always bitched when I threw it. Then they made the one that squealed when you threw it. The whistling that sh- one. That should have been the Bret Hart. It just yeah. squealed me through. I deserve more. Y'all <laughs> remember that hybrid of the Nerf football that they came out with? It was real soft plastic. It wasn't Nerf though. I mean, it wasn't foam. It was. It had air in it. It was that. Yeah. Insta Insta ball or what was that called? Insta nut. No. Everybody had those Nerf Turbo footballs, though. You could throw yeah. those suckers a mile. And like I said, with little hands, I could I could actually throw those, but my hand would slip off. The fo- I couldn't grip football. Uh, and then we're back, and we're burying the referee. God, we're burying the referee. He was counting PY out, and it's pooey. And 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 uh, Jeff stopped the count the first time. And back then, it was twenty. You counted to twenty. Now they they counted a lot faster than they count now with the ten count, but they well they probably 20. didn't stop every time the crowd cheered either. But Jeff broke it up the first time, but then he finally started the count again, and he got to nineteen and just stopped. And even Mark Lorenz called him on it. What did he did he stop counting, or because because Py wasn't getting in the ring? I mean, you think he, he made no sense of urgency to beat the count into the ring. He didn't know what came after 20. That was the problem. Mm. The guy was Japanese. He didn't speak English. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah, they, buried, they, buried, they buried Tony Falk deep. And then the match finally starts, and immediately it spills outside where Jeff grabs – it looked like a white plastic chair, but Jeff grabs his chair, and he hauls off and hits him right in front of the referee. Heading to a wedding. And then um, – the. Uh, PY pulls the ref and Tojo starts using the kendo stick and just starts wearing Jeff out with the kendo stick. And then Tojo got on the mic and he's screaming and it's just so super annoying. I hated the guy. And then <laughs> um, more chairs in front of the ref. Uh, what in the hell? It, it wasn't announced as a no DQ. Mm-hmm. Jeff finally wins with a drop kick from the middle rope. And then he gets his belt because he's going to extract some revenge. But while he's getting the belt, to, um, Tojo had slipped, hit, um, slipped Py something, so Py throws um, salt in uh, Jeff's eyes, and then he so now Jeff's getting beat, and uh, the beating continued until Eric Embry, Bill Dundee, and Dustin Rhodes run in to make the save. Two weeks in a row getting that ass whipped. Why do Py Chuha is back? This show's so much better than World Class and that Memphis bullshit. Although I will say I'm pretty sure PY's favorite maneuver is the choke. That's all he did that whole match. Choke. <laughs> all I can think is, why is this match still going on? And then Mr. Fuji couldn't cut a promo, so they give him the house mic during the match. Good job. <laughs> Mr. Fuji. I don't think they gave it to him. I think he took it. Right, whatever. More commercials. Chris Adams wrestling class. Learn wrestling from a drug addicted asshole. Sign me up. Call 214-353-9925. Work for Stone Cold. 
I think we should call the number and send TJ to wrestling class. Hold that thought. 214-353-9925. They ain't answering. Is this the Chris Adams wrestling class from USWA? <laughs> not, the, not the first time they got that call. <sighs> oh, Damn Dust it. Eater. It's like wrestling guy again. Dust eater again. 129, blah, blah, blah. Clean your air, you sick fuck. Whatever, gross. All right, now we're back again, and Dustin Rhodes is cosplaying his daddy as he does a promo. I'm not even being cruel there. Lots and lots of funky like a monkey. He's even trying to talk with the lisp. Like yeah, lisp. he was trying the lisp and everything. It was he was trying way too hard to sound. He like He should have just it come out brutal. as Dusty Rhodes Jr. Yeah, all, all I can think is really just could be Dusty. Okay, uh, we're gonna get funky like a monkey three times. Yeah, three times during one promo. It we is. need to we need to get Quello to cut this and put it on our Twitter, so people can see just how bad this promo is. Mark Lawrence has no idea what's going on. He's just standing there, like, "Oh, weird." <laughs> now we're going to do another recap. It's a recap of Percy Pringle getting hit with a guitar by Billy Joe Travis. Garvin says it belonged to Mick Jagger, and Percy owes Billy a lot of money for breaking his guitar. He's got moves oh. like here. Percy Pringle in the house taking a guitar shot. Oh, yes. <laughs> I swear I got my phone muted, but my wife is, her number's on never mute. <laughs> Need to change that to always mute. All right, Turn Me Loose by Loverboy plays as superstar Bill Dundee and Eric Embry make their way to the ring to face gorgeous Gary Young and Billy Joe Travis. Bill Dundee looks like a honky-tonk man ripoff. And I remember Eric Embry. We talked about him on a past episode of FFP. He was forced to retire after a terrible car accident in 1992. Terrible. Commercial time. Time Life magazine proudly presents Country USA. The most complete country collection ever. I ain't buying this bullshit. Each Country USA album brings you the greatest songs of a single year. Start with 24 original hits from the year 1962. We got Conrad Twitty and Marilyn Dingle and Blue Bear Bunny. And just get your credit card ready. Call 1-800-592-2300. I'm sure uh, old Super Dave has this album. I need Country USA. Did you say Conrad Twitty? <laughs> Jim Reeves was a pussy getting machine. I oh. guarantee it. I Dave, could probably right? I could probably sing along with that commercial with all those songs. Dave, can you order me the double link to set, please? 1-800-592-2300. Three albums. Three albums were like $29.95. Yes, is this Country USA? It is. All right. <laughs> I just sure saw that. your commercial. <laughs> and I really... 89. Conrad Twitty is my jam. Oh, right. Let me tell you. 
Hell yeah, Mary Beth. I need this shit. <laughs> you need my credit. Hold on. Way better than them hanging up on you. you you've learned. Good my job. credit card number is seven. <laughs> yeah, seven. Yeah. I'll take take one. Keep going. Just who who could ever forget that song? I just bought the shoes that walked out on me. (laughs) By Conrad Twitty, the third. (laughs) All right, we come back to Dundee. Not in the not in the ring. Dundee's cutting a promo talking about USWA on the road, and he's listing all the towns that they're coming to. Jonesboro, Arkansas. Uh, They're on tour and. If it, if the sign says superstar Bill Dundee, then he's there. <laughs> and he said that twice. You want to see him because he can't. You can't see him over the ring because he's five two. But and I'm sure that he based his gimmick off of Elvis, but and he did it before Honky Tonk Man. No, he based his off of Honky Tonk Man. He was before Honky Tonk Man, but much shorter. No one could see him. Uh, Young and Travis. Coming back to the ring from the concourse, they run up and down the aisles a lot in USWA. Yes, that was it looked like the same people every time. Yeah. Young and um, Young and Billy are great chicken shit heels. They really were. I mean, they, the crowd, the crowd was just they were on them, and it was a good crowd that night. Superstar Bill Dundee, the British Elvis. He's Australian. Same thing. You know, this was actually a fun match. The crowd was hot. They need to bring back the Sportatorium for wrestling shows. Maybe AEW could sell it out. They'd have to build it again. Mm. Is it just destroyed now? Is it no more? Yeah, it's yeah it's it's for about twenty years at this point. A lot. Rest in peace, Sportatorium. It used to be on the corner of Industrial and Cadiz, and they changed Industrial to um, Cesar Chavez Boulevard. Julio Cesar Chavez. Um, why is Australian dude dresses Elvis? Uh, well, Australians are just British people, British Texans. That's what yeah. Road Dog said. That's weird. Spot of tea. So there's you a know. tag team match going on. I'm not really sure who they are or what they're doing. It just kind of started. All I can think is Bill Dundee is the Kenny Chesney of wrestling. Because I've met Kenny Chesney. And I feel like they're about the same height. They're like 5'2". Bill Dundee's a lot more manly than Kenny Chesney, though. If Bill Dundee ran into me, I bet his cowboy hat would hit me in the chest, too. <laughs> this match is literally the battle of the average-looking stars. Where the hell are the Von Erics? We're in Dallas. Can I please get a old one foot? Can I get a shoeless Joe Jackson? Somebody. Was uh, was Kerry in WWE here? I don't was in 89. Uh, no. No, they were just like, no, I'm not showing up for this shit. This is crazy. 90. He went in 90. Because he won the belt in 90. And then because he wrestled at WrestleMania 7 against Dino Bravo. So that was in 91. So, yeah. We go to commercial while they're getting heat on Bill Dundee. Come home for the holidays with Capitol Records Christmas songs. This exclusive Christmas offer is not available in any store, so call now. 1-800-776-5400. I'll be home for Christmas. I'm dreaming. 
Next one, next commercial. Deep in the center of the earth, the world's fiercest warriors battle. The Spinges game, collect them all. That's a knockoff battle bots right there. It's gross. And battle now top. we have battle tops. We have that uh, tic tac toe company again. Winners, twenty four hour telephone trivia. Now you can just play trivia. You don't even have to play tic tac toe. This is the this trivia is the number of the fucking tic tac toe. Yes, same. No. <laughs> Extra forty five seconds. Pick your game. This is the exact same commercial. Exact same, but now it's not tic-tac-toe. It's just trivia. I'm calling bullshit on this. Timmy, call that number and see if you can win a cruise or lean cuisine or something. I want a lean cuisine. <laughs> Do one, one 900 numbers even work anymore? I don't know. Yeah, they'll charge you 95 cents a minute. We are back and all hell is breaking loose in the ring. Bronco Lubich has lost all control of this match. Right. He I, never had control of a single match. Let's not. I swear on this episode, he actually grabbed the middle rope, got down to one knee and started tapping to count. Yeah. <laughs> we talked that, about that. That's he's the laziest, laziest referee ever. Ever. I don't know if he's <laughs> lazy or he's old. Well. Uh, but Akbar throws a glove in. And Eric Embry intercepts it. And as Eric Embry's putting the glove on, Gary Young dives, goes to dive, and he and he takes out Bronco. So Bronco gets bumped, and then Billy gets the guitar and and hits Eric with it. And then Garvin said that that guitar came from Bob Dylan, and Billy was furious that Eric broke it. And at this point, the crowd started chanting bullshit. They were chanting over and over. And I mean, and then um and let me tell y'all about Eric Embry. He was he was Von Eric level over. Hmm. At this time, his pop was equal to what the Von Erics were getting in the heyday, 83, 84. That Eric Embry, I I don't know how, but he did. I mean, he had them. The crowd loved him. What was that show he hosted on TNN? Nashville tonight or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Ralph Emery. That's Ralph Emery, but I'm sure that I'm Eric bad. took a goodies powder or two. I bet, I bet Ralph Emery was way more over. I wonder if he snorted goodies powder. That that guitar shot on Eric Embry was hard. That was a stiff shot. Good Lord. Hey, Pondwater, was there a world class here or was it gobbled up by the big time USWA? Actually, there was an angle that world-class had become the hill promotion and Eric Embry was fighting. If Eric Embry defeated Akbar's devastation and he had Percy with him, then USWA would take over and they actually won. And there's, you can probably go find it where they go and they take the world-class banner down off the wall in the sportatorium. And that's when USWA merged. So, I mean, that's that's how over the Eric Embry was, is that people were glad to see world class go. Hmm. Well, FM 93.1, the key, K-Y or K-E-Y-V, the key music the key. to unlock your key. ear. Bump a key. Born from the earth millions of years ago. 
No two diamonds are alike. When thinking of her, think quality first. Tower of Jewels, open seven days a week. Two poor to buy stuff. First, this was the first localized promo that we could tell that it was they were yep. in Las Vegas. And then here's the next one. Two poor to buy stuff. Rent to own is definitely the answer. <laughs> At Canyon Rent to Own, you can own color TVs, stereos, kitchen appliances, and furniture for one low monthly rent. And it is all directly applies to your purchase. You can own this Magnavox VCR for just $29.95 a month. Or wait five years and just buy one for $29.95. I, I paused it here and read the little letters. You can own this VCR for 18 payments, totaling $539.10 plus tax. <laughs> well, that sounds I like any money. In fairness, VCRs were very expensive in the 80s. In fact, my Not first in 89, VCR, they weren't. They weren't my that first, expensive. I bought they my first VCR. $539. They were I like 120 my, I bought my first VCR in 1984, and I paid it 300, around 350 for it, okay. and I had to buy the so, beta because so I couldn't five, afford the $500 later, VHS. Five years double that. <laughs> my mom won one at Disney. They have Mickey Mouse ears? Yeah. 871 3040. Give us a call and we'll deliver the same day. They want to rip you the hell off. $540 for a goddamn VCR. (laughs) Hey, when I was in high school, I used to have to get the librarian at school to tape because we had football on Friday night. So I wanted to watch Dallas, especially because this was the whole Who Shot JR was going on. So she would record Dallas and I would go after school on Mondays and watch it in in the school library. Because only the only rich people had VCRs in that, in the early eighties. We had two. Can't have really? And it, he had two in the den. Las Vegas now has a Phil Donahue style show. Sandy Zimmerman's Las Vegas Today show live. I've Join the audience. Ask questions. Get involved. And. Chris Adams is back, hawking a USWA calendar. Only $14.95 plus shipping and handling. Call 1-800-347-1988, and you can have half-naked men on your wall. Yeah, well, the half-naked woman was on the cover, and then they put her in in the middle of the calendar, too. So, I guess one month out of the year. So, in June. Just just June yeah. year-round. Yeah. <laughs> Unless your name's Efren. <laughs> I love the first half of this show is 17 seconds of wrestling, and the second half of the show is all one match. And then we're going to close out the show the way we open the show. Cool. I like it. <laughs> Tony Adams was a smoke show. Uh, Mark and Garvin wrap it up. They closed the show with Tony getting spanked again. Yeah. Opened and closed. Anyway, with it. It pixelated ass both times. Uh, the Sportatorium had a good loud crowd that night. Uh, Section D... Where I used to sit. Where Tony was, too. She was in Section D. <laughs> well, I used to sit, and that Section D was that short section with the wall, but they had put a platform and put a hard camera over there. So at that point, there was no more sitting, and I like to sit on that, that section. You like to because, sit on that D. We, yeah. Uh, Section D, like, row five. And Every week, that, we get someone who likes to sit on the D. God. Let me tell you, let me tell you why, though, because when I was going, the heat would get out of control with, with Freebirds. And on that fifth row, I could stand up against the wall and see over everybody that was standing up. Plus, there was nobody behind me. So when they started throwing beer, I didn't get soaked. So the D was so hot 
that when the free birds came out, you could stand up against the wall <laughs> and, then, and then you wouldn't get soaked. Yeah, and there you, you go. Okay. I'm secure. And I thought this show was well produced. It's better than I remembered. Well, if you think our show is better produced than their show, you may be right. But we will be back next week with a new show. Dave, what's the new show? What's next week's show? You're muted, dummy. Of course we needed that. As soon as you put the production over, he's muted. (laughs) Next week, Saturday night's main event (laughs) from November 1992. Shawn Michaels versus the British Bulldog for the Intercontinental Championship. Oh, his gross wife's going to be there. Oh, she's so hot and luscious. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this show, follow us on Twitter at FF Popcast. You can follow us on our individual accounts at, but first, Pondwater, put your show over. What's your, what's your Twitter? Where can we find you? Plug your shit. On Twitter, you can find me at Ref Super Dave PWD. Put yourself over. I don't care. The show, the, our show, um, the uh, Talking Wrestling with Palmwater Dave is at PWD Pod on Twitter. And if you go to um, PW, uh, PWDPod.com, that will take you to our YouTube page. And we would love for you to come by, see what we're doing, and please uh, subscribe. Uh, you can get all your Pondwater, uh, Talking Wrestling with Palmwater Dave merch at jumpinthepond.com. And I can't Dave, thank you boys enough for having me on tonight. The, I've had a the, lovely time. What's that? Well, we're not done yet. You, you can keep talking after this. Okay. Dave, plug yourself. On X, at Dave Hi. in the HSV. And I'm at Timmy C. You can find me on at Timmy C1979 on Twitter. Don't go to X. <laughs> I don't even know what X is. Dave, Dave One, thank you for joining us. The other Dave One to have Amy on and I, I said no we can't do that oh, we, yeah. we gotta have pond water on <laughs> just kidding thank you guys for joining us we'll see you next week joke of the week what kind of pizza did the pilot prefer plain <laughs> <laughs> dumbass <laughs>